welcome to Dance Matters Podcast, the place where we talk all things dance and the performing arts industry. A place where we share knowledge and real stories from people in the industry in the hope of inspiring and educating. We are your hosts, Kaylee and Charlie. We have so much young talent in this country that I always love bringing you our next generation of absolute superstars. And we have had the pleasure of talking to some amazing young dancers who are just really beginning their career. We've had the chance to chat to so many incredible dancers. It really is inspirational to me when we chat to people not much older than me out there achieving amazing things. And today's guest is no different. Isabel Kinnear is an amazing young dancer with the world at her feet. At 17 years of age, she has already achieved so many incredible things. Isabel has been crowned both Showcase Dancer of the Year as well as Get the Beat National Champion. She has travelled overseas to compete on a number of occasions. Recently, Isabel was announced as a member of the Dream Dance Company's Icon Show, choreographed by our episode 68 guest, Paris Kavanagh. She has also been signed to Presley Management, a fresh development from Jeep Management. We are so excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Isabel. Hi, Isabel. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Isabel, you are a gorgeous dancer with the world ahead of you. Can you tell us a little bit about you, how old you were when you first started to dance and how old you are now? Thank you so much. I'm actually 17 years old and I train at Brent Street in Sydney. However, contrary to what a lot of people know, I'm actually from Wollongong, an hour and a half away. You live in Wollongong now and travel into Brent Street. I do, yes. How is that travel for you every day? It's a lot, especially considering I'm in year 12. Three hours in the car is, it's difficult, but I find ways around it. <laughs> and are you studying at a school in Wollongong or are you at Brent Street full-time? No, I'm at school full-time studying in Wollongong. I go to the Illawarra Grammar School, so I go to school from 8.50 till 3.10 and then my mum drives in 130 kilometres per hour on the highways avoiding policemen and yeah, usually get me there on time. Wow, that is dedication. That's a commute. I know. Long, but it's worth it. You obviously didn't start dancing at Brain Street. Where did you first start and how old were you? Yeah, so I actually started at a small local studio called I Dance at the age of three. My whole family is pretty loud and at that point I was quite shy. So my mum put me in dancing in the hopes that it would kind of draw me out of my shell, which it clearly has. <laughs> and what did you start with? Did you start with your baby ballet, your jazz? Mm. So I started in the triple treat class and I think it was just like 45 minutes of jazz a week it wasn't much with my little lace-up jazz shoes <laughs> and yeah. how long were you dancing at i dance before you moved to brent street so i was dancing at i dance from the age of three to about 11 and then i actually moved to vpa studios until two years ago when i moved to brent street okay yeah and what was it that made you decide to move to brent street that's a long commute what was it that pushed you to go there the thing about me is i really love to work hard and to be pushed by those around me so i truly believe that brent street is the best place for that and there are so many incredible dances which I'm so blessed to dance with almost every day but aside from that just the access to such amazing choreographers and the countless opportunities that I've been so lucky to experience by being part of Friend Street um, yeah I'm just really grateful to be there. How are you fitting all of your schoolwork in with the travel to Brent Street year 12 now? Mm-hmm, I am I just started year 12 so yeah due to the fact that I travel an hour and a half each way to get to Brent Street I have a lot of wasted time in a car so it's a little bit of a funny story but I actually bought it's kind of like elderly people like they have like a desk a lap desk and they sit in front of the tv and they eat their dinner i bought one of those 
<laughs> so I can like put my computer on my lap, have my school books out, and, and make like a little desk in the car. <laughs> and that is dedication by mum. That's a lot of driving. A lot of driving on my mum's part. I actually just got my keys, so that's pretty exciting too. <laughs> but yeah. mum will be like, okay, your turn. You can drive now. Exactly. No sleep. No sleep at all. <laughs> You've been showcase dancer of the year and get the beat national champion. Can you tell us about those achievements? Yes, I'm so beyond grateful to have received both of these titles. I just really love performing and being on stage. So to be awarded with these was just an absolute incredible bonus. Yeah, through winning those, I actually had the opportunity to travel overseas, which I love traveling. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So getting to travel and learn from different choreographers and meet different people, it's incredible. What is it like that moment when your name gets called out as national champion? Honestly, it's just total disbelief. Like as much as you try and you work so hard, I feel like you never know. Dance is so subjective, really never have a clue. So when your name is called out, it's really the most incredible feeling of overwhelming excitement. You said you got to travel when you won those awards. Where did you go to? Yeah, so dance has actually taken me to so many different parts of Australia and the world. When I was a bit younger, my mum and I used to travel all over the place competing. It was the best fun. But when I won those trips, I was really fortunate to travel to Las Vegas with Get the Beat in 2017 and also to Italy with Showcase in 2018 and 2019. And both trips were absolutely incredible and the connections I forged with choreographers and dancers are really special to me. And when you went to Las Vegas, were you competing there? Yes, I was. I did compete over there. I was like a little baby (laughs) because I won Get the Beat Junior Champion. Yes. But when I traveled to Las Vegas, it was actually the year later. So I was competing in the teen section, but I was one of the youngest. I think I was the youngest, actually. They ordered the names in age order. So it's quite interesting. So you get to see who's the youngest and who's the oldest. What was the competition like in Las Vegas? Were the sections big? Was it a really loud competition? What was it like? It was super loud and amazing because that's what I love. I really really love competitions with a great vibe and that's really what Get Beat is here. But in America, everyone's loud, everyone's super supportive and really, yeah, everyone cheers for everyone. It's amazing. It's really fun. Were the sections big? So with the sections, I competed in the elite title competition, which is like their version of champs and there are around 50 dancers in the category. So pretty similar to Australia actually in that respect. So did you go all the way over there and do one dance? So I think you could enter a total of three sections, one being the title section and two others so I competed a jazz solo a lyrical solo and then my title solo and when you went to Italy was that for the world dance movement yes it was can you explain yeah. what that's like so the world dance movement is located in Castellano Grotti which is like this little village with these beautiful rock caves on the water and you do a series of workshops you enter in these set classes which you do every day mind you the weather is super hot and it's in like school halls so it's all about dedication <laughs> And basically, you learn routines throughout those weeks. And at the end of the week, there's this ginormous outdoor performance. Pretty much everyone in the town comes to see you perform. So it's this really big outdoor stage that they set up. And yeah, it's incredible. So much fun. And are there scholarships and prizes they give out at the end? Yes, there are. So I was actually lucky enough to win a $40,000 AMDA scholarship Mm -hmm. in America. So I think that was for four years of training at AMDA, which was super incredible. But they also give away a range of lots of other awards. Also. But I'm guessing you're not taking up that offer. No, I'm quite young still, and I'm. I'd like to say my family focuses a lot on academics as well as performing, obviously, because that's what I want to do with my life. But they really value the academic side, so it was imperative that I finished school. So yep. yeah, I didn't take up the offer, but I was very grateful to receive it. It's nice to be recognised, but that's a big commitment. Four years moving over to America. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say 
may have been the highlights of your dancing so far? There's been so many different highlights of my career so far as a dancer. Some of those include winning Get Beat National Junior Champion in 2016 and Showcase Team Dancer of the Year, as well as being a part of Dream Creative run by Marco Panzik, who is an incredible inspiration to me. Another would be being selected as a PCO athlete. And my most recent and most exciting is being represented by Presley Management. What does being signed as a Pizio athlete mean? I actually won a contract with Capizio through Dance Life Unite. I was lucky enough to win their Capizio model search. And so I did a year of that contract where they would send me clothes and I would promote their products on my Instagram account. And from there, they actually extended my contract to be a Capizio athlete. So I actually traveled to San Diego and got to participate in the Dance of Loser in 2018. And I actually participated in the Jordan Matter 10-minute photo challenge for Capizio. So I ran on stage, I think there are about 10 dancers, including Tate McRae and a whole heap of other amazing American dancers. And yeah, we all had like one chance to get the perfect shot and it was so much fun. You mentioned signing to an agency. How did that opportunity come about? Yes, so Kieran Cooley is an amazing mentor of mine and has been many years. He's actually the head of musical theatre at Jeep Management. And so through him, I was introduced to PJ Clark, who is the owner of Jeep Management and the newly developed Presley Management. So they announced they were creating Presley Management only a few months ago and yeah I was lucky enough to be signed. What work are you hoping to get through that connection? I'm really interested in the whole entertainment industry so inclusive of acting, dance, singing, modeling, absolutely anything. I'm working on being a yes man, saying yes to everything. (laughs) And Presley Management, is that a select group of people you have to be selected to be signed by them? Yes, so it's very similar to Jeep Management in the sense that you audition or you're selected as we're the first crop of people who were chosen actually prior to its announcement. We didn't actually audition, but yeah, we were hand-selected by PJ and I guess Kieran as well to be a part of yeah the new agent. Have you gone for any jobs through them yet or it's just really new starting out? Well, I was previously a part of the Garage Creative Management, which was Kieran's boutique children's agency from the age of 11 until he dissolved the management in June this year. So through that, I had a few casting opportunities. Have you done any modelling before? I have. I have done quite a few photo shoots, one of them including Capizio. So I've done quite a few dance photo shoots, but I've also done a few modeling little photo shoots and I was featured in a little magazine a few months back. So yeah. Does that whole world interest you? Yes, I would absolutely love to be in that world. I find fashion and that whole industry so interesting and I love fashion. So it's another one of my passions. How many hours a week would you say you're training dancing at the moment? In a basic week of training, I do roughly 14 hours of dance classes, but quite often I'll have additional open classes or privates that vary week to week. So I guess you could say it varies between 14 to 18 hours per week. And are you training in all the styles of dance? I do. I participate in all styles because I really value and focus on my versatility as a dancer. So ballet, jazz, tap, contemporary, lyrical, music theatre and hip hop. And if I'm lucky, a little bit of Latin fusion. Oh, ah, interesting. <laughs> and do you do singing classes yeah. at Brent Street? We do. We do a group singing class. Yeah, I actually used to do singing private, but due to COVID this year, wasn't on the cards. <laughs> Good to develop those range of skills. Definitely. Do you do any additional strength or flexibility training? Due to my busy schedule, I actually find it really difficult to fit anything extra in. But if I do have time in the week, I love to squeeze in a bit of a home workout, like running on a treadmill or doing an ab burner and obviously stretching out my muscles. <laughs> How often do you think you stretch? When I was younger, it was definitely a lot more often. And I think that's really where you form the foundation of your flexibility as a younger dancer. Because I know as you get older, you lose a lot of that. Yeah, in my younger years, 
is I would probably stretch once a day at least at home on top of at dance classes. Mm-hmm. But now, sadly, it's probably just the two stretch classes I have at Fresh Street. <laughs> at least you have that muscle memory from all the work you used to do. Exactly. Who have been your greatest influences or the people you look up to? Living in Sydney, I have been so fortunate to have learned from so many different choreographers that have really shaped me as a dancer and a person. But I would have to say that two of my biggest influences are definitely Mitch Winter and Sophie Holloway, as well as all of my regular teachers at Bright Street. Also, another one of my greatest influences is the godfather of dance, Marco Panzi, for his entrepreneurial qualities and his ability to provide so many fantastic opportunities for young dancers in Australia. I've seen you try and recreate the dirty dancing lift with Mitch Winter. Yes, that was a fun one. <laughs> How many takes did it take to get it done? Actually, it was only those three. Really? That's we impressive. failed twice. Mm-hmm. We failed twice and we got on the third go. You didn't even need to go to the <laughs> lake to train in the water, did you? Didn't even need to train in the water. I know. <laughs> no, I never understood that scene because I feel like the water would make you so much heavier and Mitch definitely would not be able to lift me. I was actually running down a hill, so <laughs> that was convenient also. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine in your clothes and everything? It's a bit... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, why would you train with water? But each to their own. <laughs> Have you had any major injuries? I've actually been pretty lucky with injuries. I've never even broken a bone. The closest thing I've had with the major injury is probably a stress reaction in my ankle, which is the step before a stress fracture. So my physio put me in a boot just before ADF and nationals, and I bawled my eyes out. It was the worst thing ever. But I refused to stop dancing. So I did weeks of dance classes in a boot and ended up coming out three weeks early and a few days before the craziness all started. Started, so it worked out fine. <laughs> do you do any work? Do you go to a physio regularly to make sure that you're doing injury prevention? Yes, definitely. As a dancer, you get so tight because you're constantly working those muscles and something's always out of place. My physio always tells me, oh, your spine's out of alignment. Oh, oh, this. So yeah, it's really important to keep maintaining that side of your body and ensuring that you are well enough and able to dance. What have been the biggest challenges that you face? Dance is a total mental game. So the biggest thing for me is to not psych myself out, which unfortunately I do quite inherently. It sounds almost cheesy, but to just totally and wholeheartedly believe in yourself. What do you do to try and make yourself believe that you can do this? Me, for the worst thing is before I go on stage, I get super sweaty palms and you start to get all shaky. But I kind of formulated like a little ritual that I do every time before I go on stage. So as I call out your name to go on stage, I push my earring backs on, tighten my hair elastic and pull my costume out of my bum. (laughs) Take a few deep breaths and then step onto the stage and yeah it kind of just resets your body and reminds you that you're ready to dance have you found you've gotten more nervous or less nervous the older you've gotten definitely less i think as you get older you start to put things into perspective and see that competition isn't everything and there's always another way it's not the be all and end all so just understanding that as you get older i think has helped me to lessen the nerves (laughs) why do you dance i dance totally just because i love the way it feels I think the way you lose yourself in a song is super special and that's something that all people experience, whether you're a dancer or, or just a regular person who loves to boogie on the dance floor. What is your favourite style to dance? My faves are probably commercial jazz, music theatre and lyrical. Who has been your favourite?
favourite choreographer to work with? Honestly, I can't choose. There's just so many I absolutely adore working with and I believe there's always something you can take away from everyone you learn from. Who are your go-to people for your solos? When I was younger, my studio owners, like in Wollongong, your studio owners choreograph your routines. For me, when I was younger, that was it. But as I've gotten older, my main choreographers are probably Mitch Winter and Sophie Holloway. Mitch does my lyricals and contemporaries and Sophie does my jazzes. But I've had a few different solos from other people as well. (laughs) How important do you think it is to have a good relationship with your choreographer? You obviously know Mitch pretty well. You work with him a lot. How does that help you develop a better solo? Well, Mitch and I met actually on the Get the Beat trip, which is crazy. So we're actually friends before he even taught me. But I think he really understands me as a dancer. And through that, he knows my strengths and weaknesses and what's going to make me look good in a solo. But aside from that, I guess it's kind of like a collaborative effort now as I've gotten older. We like to kind of bounce off each other and see what looks better and really take our time with the solo. Yeah. Do you do any choreographic work yourself? I have done a few little babies classes, but i going to let the professionals stick to it at the moment. <laughs> you've been asked to assist a lot of choreographers at workshops. Who are some of the people you've worked with? I've been very lucky to have assisted Brian Orlay and Miles from The Next Step, Mitch Winter, Sophie Holloway, an Italian choreographer who I adore, Veronica Perini, and Josh Denyer. So like you said, you've assisted Brian Olay and Miles from The Next Step. Can you tell us what they are like? Yes, I did. It was the most amazing experience. They were so kind and down to earth and obviously incredible, as you all know. But yeah, the whole experience was just really, really super inspiring. How do you get those opportunities? I think in the Australian dance scene and in anything in life, the most important thing really is exposure. Getting your name out there into the dance scene and building up a rapport and a connection with lots of different people. Yeah, I was really fortunate to receive this incredible opportunity through Nikita Gifford. What advice would you give to others wanting to get to the level of dance you were at? Watching myself back as a young performer, I don't see that I was supernaturally talented. You know, those little kids that come out of the womb and they're just born to dance. That wasn't me at all. So everything I have is pure hard work and work ethic. And I think that's really the most important thing to get any place in life. My parents have always told me that there's always someone nicer and more hardworking. So in essence, talent will only get you so far. It's all about hard work. If you didn't dance, what would you do? When I was younger, I used to love athletics. So I think in an athletic kind of sense, I would probably have done hurdles or high jump, something along those lines. But I would probably go to study at uni and do a business degree or media and communication, something like that. What is something not many people know about you? Oh, well, I live on a farm, so I have cows on my property. I live on 104 acres, so that's kind of interesting. Other than that, I can put my feet behind my head like a pretzel. (laughs) What is your favourite snack? I know lots of people are really, like, super consistent with what they eat, and they eat, like, pasta or something. I just eat crunchies or Kit Kats, literally. (laughs) Something sugary. I need energy. I get off stage and my legs are like jelly. I'm like a jellyfish. (laughs) What are your goals and dreams for the future? I have so many big things on my bucket list that I would absolutely love to achieve. And some of those include being a Radio City Rocket, dancing on tour with an international artist, and being cast in a musical. How is your height for the Radio City Rocket? Well, I'm 173 centimetres tall, so looking good. (laughs) Is it on the goals or on the plan to head over there and do some of the workshops that they offer? Yes, I would absolutely love to. Um, During COVID, they had a few of those little snippets of performances 
posted on Instagram for people to learn and I loved doing those. It was incredible. Well, Sophie is a good person to be working with if that's your goal. Yes, I love her so much. She's just so inspiring. Her whole story, amazing person. (laughs) Well, Isabel, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Isabel, where can people follow your story, find out more about you? Do you have an Instagram page? I do. My Instagram handle is Isabel, I-S-O-B-E-L underscore Kinnear, K-I-N-N-E-A-R. Well, great. Thank you so much. Lovely talking to you. Nice talking to you too. Bye. Thanks, Isabel, so much for chatting with us. We wish you all the best for the future. Remember, you can find all of our previous episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Please feel free to get in touch with any feedback or questions you have via DM on Instagram at Dance Matters Podcast. Don't forget to head over to My Diva Squad to check out their amazing bags and dance accessories. They have the best bags. Keep dancing. And remember, listen, love and learn. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.